Hello, and welcome to Rise of the Data Cloud. Today's episode features an interview with Warren Breakstone, Managing Director and Chief Product Officer at S&P Global's Market Intelligence Division. Warren has previously served as head of the Capital Markets Unit and held senior leadership roles at Thomson Reuters and its predecessor organization, the Thomson Corporation, and at the Chase Manhattan Bank. On this episode, Warren talks about the versatility of movement data, the role S&P's data plays in informing COVID-19 decisions, the future of financial services, and much more. So please enjoy this conversation between Warren Breakstone, Managing Director and Chief Product Officer at S&P Global, and your host, Steve Hamm. Hi, Steve. Nice to meet you. Hey, nice to meet you, Warren. Now, you've been in the data technology and of the financial service business for quite a few years, now at S&P Global, earlier at Thompson and at Chase Manhattan before it became J.P. Morgan. How have you seen this market segment change over the years? What are the big business trends and business drivers? Well, I've been uh, very fortunate to work in the financial services uh, industry for about 25 years. There's been tremendous change over that time, which is uh, very much tied um, to the evolution in technology. I remember early on when we would be out speaking with clients about a new data set or solution, and they'd consider it, but only if it really replaced something else that they were relying on, as they didn't really have the capacity to take on something new. They didn't have the storage capacity, the processing power capacity, particularly if it was a desktop application, and they really didn't have the time. Just to give you a sense about how much has changed, back in the early 1990s, uh, a terabyte of storage uh, could cost you tens of millions of dollars. Today, you can get a terabyte of storage on iCloud for about $10 a month and half that on many of the other cloud providers. Uh, A gigahertz of processing power back then might cost you the equivalent of a small house in San Mateo. Today, it's the equivalent of a cup of Pete's coffee. And you don't even need to buy the processing power anymore. You can really you can rent it from Snowflake or any of the other cloud providers. So storage is no longer an issue. Processing power is quite plentiful. And now our clients are taking advantage of the technology innovations that these advances have allowed for, whether it be incorporating machines or big data analytics, AI, new research and techniques. And at the same time, And probably to a large degree because of it, there's also been this explosion of new data, a lot of it termed alternative data, really allowing clients the raw materials to fuel these processes and tools. It's certainly really been quite the uh, journey. I wanted to talk a little bit about the history of uh, S&P because I think, you know, there's been so many changes over the past decade. S&P Global is the name of the company now. It was formerly called McGraw-Hill Companies. It's divested the trade book publishing, textbook, TV stations, a bunch of other businesses, and focusing on information services for the financial services industry, which was a core piece of the business. So it'd be helpful if you would describe kind of the main businesses that S&P has now. Right. And, and there has been a lot of change, both in the company, but also in the markets we serve and our client needs. And I like to think that as those client needs have evolved, so has S&P Global. Under the leadership of our CEO, Doug Peterson, we've really transformed the business to focus on delivering what we term essential intelligence, 
through must-have data and solutions to help our clients make decisions and be able to make those decisions with confidence and conviction. We're organized today around four divisions. Uh, each division is a leader in their respective markets. First and our largest is S&P Global Ratings. It's the world-leading provider of credit rating and research that serve to drive transparency in the capital markets. Next is uh, S&P Dow Jones Indices. It's the largest global resource for index-based concepts, data, and research, and home to the S&P 500, which is the most tracked index in the world by assets under management. Platts is our third division. It's the leading independent provider of information and benchmark prices for the commodities and energy markets. And then lastly, we have our S&P Global Market Intelligence, which provides data, research, and technology, along with analytical capabilities that enable our clients to make uh, business and investment decisions. Uh, and the data and the analytics are delivered through our desktop solutions, ExpressFeed, which is our bulk data feed delivery, APIs, and uh, now cloud delivery, including from Snowflake. Additionally, back in 2018, we purchased Kensho which is a leader in machine learning and applied data science. And we now have those capabilities and talent from Kensho supporting all four of the divisions to help us build and enhance content and products, automate and scale processes, and also to benefit from the Kensho data scientists. Warren, you've done a great job of describing the company's business, but it'd be really helpful to understand how you fit in. What's your role there? Thank you for asking. So I work in the market intelligence division and I'm responsible for our data management solutions, TrueCost, which is our climate and ESG franchise, and QSIP, which is our identifier business, which we operate on behalf of our partners at the American Banker Association. On the data management solution side, we are very much focused on uh, data innovation and delivering that data to our clients through feeds and APIs and cloud-based distribution, and then help our clients to layer on their own analytics and tools and machines on top of it. And are all your customers within financial services, or do you kind of cut beyond that? Actually, we cut quite beyond that. Our uh, clients range from large investment managers and pension funds to investment banks commercial banks, insurance firms, and uh, corporates and academics. Mm -hmm. So one of the benefits of uh, S&P Global is really the diversity of our client base. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about some broad trends in terms of data. What are you hearing from your clients in terms of how they want to interact with your data? Things changing there? Very much so. Good question. Our clients are increasingly interested in being able to bring data directly into their environments, into their systems, into their databases, their data warehouses, tools, and then layer on their own proprietary analytics, data science tools and approaches to help them make better decisions, whether it be an investment decision or a business decision. And while this is not a new trend, it is certainly one that's gaining increased importance across all the segments in which we operate, from investment management and banks, insurance firms, corporations. They're all looking to unlock data and technology to their advantage. And at the same time, our clients are also overwhelmed with data, their own data, traditional data, alternative data, derivative data, economic data, satellite data, you name it. And they have to spend a lot of time and effort to ingest that data, to structure it, clean it, database it. All of that time would be better spent on the analysis itself. 
By one report, 90% of the world's data has been created in just the past two years, and it's not slowing down. Uh, so this is an area where we really very much look to help. You talked about alternative data. I mean, in a sense, you know, it used to be a lot of the analysis of data was done was very narrow. But now with this alternative data, it's really all sorts of contextual and kind of understanding whole systems and how they interact with other systems, right? Or what's what's going on there? Well, I think when you strip away the marketing, alternative data is at its core data. It's data that was perhaps originally designed for one use case and is now being used for a different use case for which it was really never intended. Now, that data is often poorly structured. It could lack history. It may have some gaps, very difficult to ingest. And that's where a provider like S&P Global really adds its value. What we're seeing is that as clients really start to rely on this alternative data, their expectations have begun to converge with those expectations that they have already for the traditional data that they already uh, utilize. Whether the data is alternative or the data is traditional, clients ultimately need confidence. They need confidence that the data will be comprehensive, it'll be accurate without gaps, that it'll be consistently structured for their analysis. It often needs to be complemented with other content to extract full value. And if there's a problem, they have someone to call to fix it. So my sense is that the label alternative data will likely soon disappear, and uh, it'll all just be referred to as data. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, Frank Slootman, the CEO of Snowflake, you know, he, he talks about big data because people have been talking about that for years. And he says, we don't even use that term. It's all just data, every, every which kind. And you've got to be able to deal with it all. You've got to be able to integrate it all. So it's some of these distinctions that were so important in the past really have kind of faded out as things have become more mainstream. And, and I guess more as technologies and thinking has been more matured in the business. Yeah. Now, I know that one key piece, one of the key pieces of S&P Global is the market intelligence division, which I believe you came up in. And it seems like a lot of your innovation is happening in that area. If you could kind of talk about, you know, the growth in that business, the, you know, the competitive landscape, the, the innovative landscape, I think that would be really helpful. Well, Steve, there's, there's a lot of innovation happening across the entire S&P Global organization. In market intelligence, it really starts with the data. We aspire to offer the highest quality, most comprehensive and relevant content to help our clients make decisions. Data is accurate with deep history, some of it going back as far to the 1950s and structured in a way that allows clients to get maximum use from it. And then we're able to deliver that data to the client, to our clients, the way that they desire, whether it be a desktop solution such as our market intelligence platform or our Capital IQ desktop, Express Feed, which is our uh, data feed solution, APIs, cloud hosted delivery. But it all really starts with the content. We pride ourselves on high quality, comprehensive data. And as far as I know, we're the only provider who supports that pledge with a quality program where if a client finds an error in our traditional data sets, reports it, we'll do a root cause analysis, we'll fix it at the core, we'll check for other errors like it, and reward the client with a $50 contribution to their charity of choice or an Amex gift card. 
So it really uh, is putting our money behind our pledge. Yeah, as long as you don't have too many of these, you're fine, right? Very true. <laughs> but we, but we, we, but we're happy to pay it out because yeah. even though we have skilled analysts and sophisticated tools and thousands of quality checks, when you're dealing with as much data as we do, sometimes an error does get through. And in those cases, we've paid out a fair share, and many of our clients, some are interns, have uh, earned some meaningful spending money. Yeah. Yeah. But every cent we pay out, it frankly is an investment. Along with our systemic and manual quality checks, it plays a role. Yeah. And it also sends a signal to your own people how important quality is. It's kind of part of a culture of quality, I guess. Very much so. We use it internally to help shape our culture, frankly, focus on quality across everything we do. In fact, we measure, we report, we remunerate everyone in our organization against content quality scores. Mm-hmm. And we found that to be an important sort of unifying purpose and principle. Now, in the spring of 2020, you launched the S&P Global Marketplace, and it seems like this is a pretty significant new product launch. What's new and different about this, and, and why, why is it a big deal for your customers and also for S&P Global? Well, it's a big deal for our customers, and it's a big deal for S&P Global. It was a very important milestone for our organization. The S&P Global Marketplace is a platform that helps clients to explore, discover, assess data from across all four divisions of S&P Global, along with select third-party alternative data, which we carefully curated, and for the first time, includes solutions from Kensho and others that allow our clients to even get more out of the data that they already use. So all the data is linked to ensure quick client adoption, and supported by our own proprietary quantum mental research, enhanced with data visualization, data dictionaries, access to code snippet libraries, and much more, all on the same marketplace platform. And all the data on the platform can be sampled on the spot and also delivered through our express feed, FTPs, APIs, and now our cloud distribution. Response has been fantastic, and we have a long pipeline of exciting content and capability enhancements to come. So one of the things this does, it seems like, is exposes the whole array of your customers, all the segments, to the whole array of your data for the first time. Is that correct? That's correct. And it's not just our data. It's our data. It's select alternative data. And now solutions Uh that will help those clients even get more out of the data uh, and their own data for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, crazy question, but is there some really very interesting and unusual data sets that you have within S&P Global Marketplace that people might be surprised to hear about? Well, as far as interesting categories of data that we offer on the marketplace, we offer nearly 100 different data packages today from our uh, well-regarded CompuStat fundamental data to Platts commodity pricing, QSIP, mm-hmm. uh, along with SNL uh, asset-level asset-laid- uh, data, and of course, S&P ratings. We're also investing heavily in some new categories. The top three categories of interesting new data now available includes ESG, where clients are increasingly looking to incorporate climate analytics into their decision processes. Uh, We offer the full gamut of data from TrueCost, as well as from our S&P ESG scores, physical and transition uh, risk. 
The second category is textual data. I think nearly 80% of the world's data today is unstructured. So we're going through the effort to help structure that content to be machine readable. Today, we offer machine-readable earnings call transcripts for something like 14,000 companies. And we recently introduced with our partner, Social Market Analytics, our machine-readable filings as well. We also offer our suite of textual data analytics, which include 39 different sentiment behavioral scores on top of our earnings transcripts. And with a uh, newly announced partnership, we also offer unique Asia-specific earnings call transcripts from Scripps Asia. Mm -hmm. In the coming months, we're going to be extending textual data to include court cases, patent data, and credit research as well. I think probably the third category, which we're uh, most interested in, is what we term movement data. People, movement, goods, uh, and money. We just added a a foot traffic uh, set of data from AirSage which helps us track people movements, which we then overlay on top of our REIT property database to help inform on the health and vitality of a physical location. You know, we, we know what happens when a Toys R Us goes under, but what happens to the store next door? Right. What happens when a Starbucks opens in a neighborhood? And we're already today a preeminent provider of uh, supply chain data under the brand Pangeva, which now is further enhanced with our ESG data from TrueCost to understand the impact of climate and distribution risk. We can go on and on. It's, yeah. it's uh, like being a kid in a candy shop. I'm fascinated with that movement data. I think that's really something I've never heard of and, I, and really interesting. And um, also, just about the ESG data, the climate stuff. So that suggests, so people often talk about weather data and how important that is. But you're actually talking about data related to climate change and what impact that might have on business and other activities and things like that, correct? That's correct, yeah. both to understand the, f- the physical risk of climate change, but also to understand transition risk as countries around the world introduce new rules and regulations and what the impact that impact would be on particular companies and portfolios. Yeah. So a very much a, a big focus area for us, both to understand risk and manage risk, but also to understand opportunities. We just introduced a new product which helps companies gauge the positive impact of their efforts and activities. I think there'll be there there will be surprising changes out of climate change. And some will be some will be, you know, negative and some will be positive. I think that's pretty clear now. So I no, that sounds like a great product too. So I wanted to talk about data sharing. Now, traditionally, S&P Global has transferred data sets to clients via web-based products. You've got ExpressFeed, you've got APIs, which is application programming interfaces. But now you're also partnering with Snowflake, and I understand you plan on sharing data with clients via Snowflake's data marketplace, which is part of Snowflake's cloud data platform. What do you what's what are you looking at? What are you planning? What's the attraction of that data exchange? Our clients have different needs, and it was very important for us to find a, a cloud agnostic secure solution to, to further enhance and enable our distribution. For our clients, SP working with Snowflake allows them to access our data via their cloud provider of choice 
and it removes an important hurdle for them relating to the need for expensive development resources on their end to load managed data. It also enables them to gain access to compute power uh, and run large, complex queries against our data without any resource contention. And uh, that's increasingly important as uh, data continues to get bigger and bigger. Clients can benefit from the architecture of Snowflake, which serves to separate compute from storage. And as a result, we found allows for better query performance. And for our S&P Global Marketplace, you know, it allows us to be able to offer a cloud-hosted option for our clients to complement our existing and robust existing delivery channels. And frankly, it opens up new opportunities for us around the world to effectively help solve our client problems. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And maybe a last point, we also like that there are many pre-existing and fit-for-purpose visualization and analytical tools, which are already connected via Snowflake. So these capabilities can really be brought to bear to further enhance our client experience with our data and help them as they look to make investment and business decisions. Are you talking about like Tableau and Looker and things like that? or Sure. Yeah. Both of those and, and many others mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And do you see AI becoming a a pretty important part of what you're doing? I think AI, both and how we apply it internally with the benefit of having the Kensho franchise lead the way, and also how our clients are looking to leverage AI, uh, machine, machines, machine learning, natural language processing in their own processes has really opened up a, a big opportunity for us. And that's one of the reasons that we're investing so heavily in making textual data available to our clients in machine-readable fashion. It really is designed to allow our clients to get much more out of those investments they've made on AI and machine learning and the like. I really want to explore a little bit more something you were talking about a minute ago with S&P Global Marketplace. And you talked about you're, you're going to have a version of that that runs in the cloud and runs on Snowflake. What are the differences between, you know, both of these things are brand new, but can you give a sense of what the differences are between the two platforms and why a, a customer would, would want to be on one rather than the other? Well, I don't think it's a question of one versus the other. I think it both brings something unique to the table. And by having both the opportunity to work with Marketplace as a platform to discover and evaluate various data, you also now with Snowflake have the ability to, via cloud distribution, bring it into your environment and to benefit from the use of Snowflake's compute Mm -hmm. on top of the data. So. I think it's really bringing together two different and complementary solutions to drive additional value and benefit for our clients. Yeah, yeah. Help me understand, though. What does the Snowflake technology enable you or your customers to do that they can't do or can't do as well in another environment? Well, we're big fans of Snowflake and the ability for our clients to be able to benefit from the, the, the natively cloud-architected solution that they're able to offer. Right. The ability to get access to compute power, really good compute power, can further enable our clients to get value out of the underlying data that we're able to offer. 
So we're big fans of that from Snowflake. We like also the fact that it's cloud agnostic. So many of our clients, some of them are on AWS, others are on Google, others are using Azure or IBM or, or the like. And that's fine. When, when you work, the, when we design a solution the way we have, we like to be agnostic, to be able to deliver our data the way that each individual client wants to receive it and uh, benefit from it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to launch with Snowflake. And are you launching with the the entire portfolio of data offerings, or are you launching with a limited and expanding later? What, what what are the plans there? Well, we're launching with a lot. We're prioritizing our data based on client demand. So we're initially uh, launching with all of our premium content sets, our fundamental databases, our estimates, ownership transactions, cross reference services, along with our Pangeva supply chain. We plan to continue to add what I would expect to be our full roster of both traditional and alternative data. And I'd imagine that our full catalog will be exposed on Snowflake over time. Now, we're speaking in the midst of the COVID-19 crisis. And I understand that S&P Global has done some kind of interesting and meaningful things that are kind of altruistic. And I wondered if you could kind of delve into some of those efforts that you've been involved in. Well, we're all being tested every day, and we're uh, constantly looking for ways to support each other and our clients, um, along with the communities we serve. And it's uh, never been more important than during this COVID crisis. And there are a few ways that we've tried to drive some value during the pandemic. First, we're providing critical data that can help inform healthcare and governmental officials. For example, we have a very unique product I referenced earlier called Pangeva, which focuses on supply chain and covers roughly 40% of global trade and something like over a billion shipping records. Mm -hmm. So we know what's on those cargo ships. We know what's in those containers, the value of goods being traded, the source and the destination. So very powerful. So we've used that solution and we've been able to make information now available to hospitals and governments to track and identify the shipment of PPE, ventilators, N95 masks, which has uh, been enormously useful, especially during the very early stages of the pandemic. Second, I'd say we've we've focused our research teams, including those from Research 451, which we acquired last December, to develop COVID-related analysis uh, to help inform and assess the impact on the economy, companies, supply chains and markets. And we've made these reports and uh, those from our quantum mental research team available for free on our website and uh, distribution. And probably third, I'd say that S&P Global, through our foundation, has been very generous with monetary contributions to local communities in need. I'm very proud to be part of this team. Just on a very practical basis, that analysis that you've made available on the website, is there? Is it just right there on the on the you know, on the top line, or is there are there is there a keyword or two that people should know to to look for it with? It's right up front. We have our website very uh, neatly organized, and you'd look under uh, research and should find it. Additionally, it's also available on our marketplace solution. Oh, okay. The URL for that is uh, marketplace.spglobal.com. That's very helpful. You know, things have settled out a little bit, but you know, it's amazing how little we still know 
about the behavior and the nature of this virus and this disease. So, the, you know, the, the idea that, that we need even more data, we need even more connections, we need even more analysis. I mean, hopefully the worst of the crisis is over, but I think that there's going to be a lot of need for analysis going forward and also to help make society and the economy more resilient in the future. I think that is an area that not too many people are sort of thinking about, but I, I bet your people have. You know, you've seen such tremendous changes in your industry over the last 25 years. I want to ask you to be a bit of a visionary now. Looking out ahead five years or more, if it's not too murky, how do you see data and data analytics affecting financial services? That's a great question. There's a great quote that I, that I very much like. It goes something like this. A machine will always beat a person, but a person with a machine will always beat a machine. And I think that is really the essence of where we are heading. The ability to help our clients unlock the benefit of technology combined with our own data and analytics to help make better decisions quicker and with conviction. Also, Steve, the ability to continue to help eliminate the noise. With so much data being spun up in different areas each day in normal times and now even more so during this COVID pandemic, it's really important and vital to be able to distinguish what is meaningful early on in the process and not to waste time, resources, and money. And I think S&P Global is uniquely positioned to help our clients benefit from this trend. And our partnership with Snowflake will certainly help get us there. That's great, Warren. I want to thank you so much for your time today. I mean, I really think your stories, your insights have been fascinating. You know, thinking about movement data, I hadn't really thought about that. And also, you know, I knew that there was a, a lot of assessment of climate change risk and opportunities coming up. But to know that you have a product built around that is, I think, is really important and really fascinating as well. So this has opened my eyes in some ways. I, I want to thank you so much for your time. And thank you, Steve. I appreciate it very much. The Data Cloud World Tour is making 21 stops around the globe so you can learn about the latest innovations at Snowflake's Data Cloud at a venue near you. Join your fellow data leaders at one of our full-day events to network with Snowflake customers and technology partners, attend educational breakout sessions, and learn how to drive more value from your data. Find an event near you at www.snowflake.com slash data dash cloud dash world dash tour.